0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on July the 25th, 2023. I'm your host, Game Psychologist, and with me as always, my trusty sidekick, my apprentice, my my little baby Watson, kind (laughs) of. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the July Game Club, which is Professor Layton and the Curious Village. We will remind you about next month's Game Club, which has already been revealed to be Death Stranding. ESRB proposes facial age estimation technology for parental consent. Ew. Sony agrees in <laughs> your Call of Duty deal with Microsoft. Ew. Uh, Microsoft ends Xbox Gold. And for Community Corner, the bear sex scene sends Baldur's Gate 3 up the Steam Charts, and will Ubisoft actually delete inactive accounts? Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. Do you just love puzzles? Just love uh, little brain well, well, teasers?
1: Well, that's kind of a, a puzzle in itself, isn't it? It is. It is.
0: I'm a puzzle. You're a puzzle. We're all Puzzles. I'm I'm the tease though out of the two of us. No wait, that's a lie. You're probably the tease because I'm yeah, like
1: Yeah, you're down. the slut.
0: I'm down. Oh. Yeah, we have been talking for almost an hour already, which might be a record. We've been chatting, we got a whole bunch of it on Craig, but I hopped on here right at nine thirty, a few minutes after, maybe, and it is now ten thirty on the dot. We're doing good. Doing yeah. good.
1: Plenty of freaking content for whenever, yeah, one of us is sick again. Sick or there are issues,
0: which, for me, last week, uh, there was a massive storm front that blew through here. High winds, hail, um, very... Like, there were tornado warnings all around, um... Luckily, no major damage for me. My power went out for a while. Um, there was, uh, an, a- an accident that, um... Someone crashed into a uh, transformer, one of, the, one of the power poles with the transformer on it or something. Yeah. I don't know. It knocked out power for a pretty big area for about half the night. Uh, we had already planned to not record just because I saw the storm front moving in. I had some trees out in the yard, but thankfully no major damage to my house. There was a tornado with a touchdown next county over, um, about 15 miles or so from here. Thankfully, Nobody killed uh, some injuries, damage, but, you know, it's a good thing climate change is a hoax, and all this is uh, just gonna go away, right? And the
1: plants not on fucking fire.
0: Right? Right? It's a good thing that none of that's real. Um, mm-hmm. I detect the huge, massive sarcasm in my voice. But that's, that's why we didn't record last week. The power would have went out while we had been recording anyways, like, if I hadn't, if we hadn't called it, but mm-hmm. I went and battened down the hatches and... Watched it rain like an old man.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was okay. I, I can I can get behind the old man
1: experience. Yeah, but you need a tin roof to really enjoy the rainstorm. I do have a tin roof. Uh, never mind then. I have got all of the uh, things. Well, I, well, did you at least get the fiddler down before? I did not. He's still up
0: on the roof. His corpse is, anyways. The the hail and the the wind killed him. But yeah, I'm, I, have, I just have embraced middle-aged slash dad dumb. I got my smoker. I've now got a griddle top. I sit outside and by the fire and watch it rain if it's going to rain. I smoke meat, and I work on house projects. And I, I complain about my pain, and I grunt every time I sit up or get up or, or sit down. It's great. I love it. I I'm living my best life. Aside from the pain. I yeah. could do without that, but you know, I've heard it's a package deal, so I I broke in the uh the griddle top with ten pounds of bacon, two dozen eggs, five pounds of potatoes I, I made into hash browns, like homemade hash browns, and a uh um a vegetable spread it was onions, bell peppers, yeah it sounds like you need the toy I got today. What did you get?
1: I got a rudder, uh, shredder attachment for my stand mixer. Ooh, nice.
0: Yeah, I, I got out the grater, the the box grater, and grated <laughs> five pounds of potatoes to make yeah. the hash browns.
1: I, I'm too lazy to do one pound, let alone five pounds.
0: It wasn't that bad. I only almost shredded my fingers a few dozen times.
1: Now, see, if you would ask Sarah to do it, she would have been down to the uh, the stub of her wrist. To the Yeah, she wouldn't have any fingers
0: left. There was a fight that broke out in my office today between two two patients. I honestly had forgotten about it. Like uh, I say, uh, fight. There uh, were no.
1: Uh, uh, were Were any of them naked?
0: No, none of them were naked. There well, is. Not
1: nearly as fun as the last one, then.
0: Every once in a while, and this July has been really bad. The um the COVID special provisions, I forget. Like they had like a name, but basically, if you were on. Care, which is the state version of Medicare, you were locked into your insurance while the COVID emergency procedures were in place. Mm -hmm. And those got dropped in January. And so a whole bunch of people are losing their insurance or having their coverage changed. And it sucks for everybody. It's just harmful to people overall.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it makes money. Yes, but...
0: We, we, and I, I've talked about this before, but in case you've never heard, um, as a perhaps a new listener or you for, have forgotten, um, I am, I am a, a therapist, like a real licensed professional counselor.
1: Yeah, there's no <laughs> space in that, by the way.
0: <laughs> no. And um, the clinic that I work at um, helps provide care to several mental health group homes, which I think kind of like an old folks home, but for people with um, pretty severe mental health disorders. It's, it's a step... Before someone goes to a a place where you get a padded room and a self hugging vest, um, and so because of this insurance issue, all of there there have been a whole bunch of the residents who live in those homes that suddenly have their coverage in danger. People are getting moved around. Their standards of care, like they're not being paid for again. And there have been a couple people that we've had to, like, really fight to get, like, emergency, like, stays put in place so they don't wind up homeless. Like, these people cannot live on their own. That's why they're here. Um, but there have been some that, you know, we haven't been able to keep locked down. And they've been shipped out and new people have been put in place or have been brought in. And one of the new people is... Mm, she's just awful. She's just an awful person. It's, it's definitely a result of her mental health disorder. But she's got one... The way that hers expresses herself is to just be awful. She yells and screams at people. She slings racist slurs like they're... Uh, you know, just punctuation to a sentence. And so she's been not getting along with people. Surprise, surprise. And one of of the other residents who lives there, she's very much like a motherly type who takes care, who wants to take care of everybody else, and like she has her own issues to be sure. But you know, she sees herself as being like a mom to all of these uh, these people, and so new lady, new girl is like yelling and throwing racial slurs out in the hallway, and we're trying to get her to calm down, and mom lady is like standing up and doing like the chest puffing out thing and it's like fuck you and you're not gonna talk to them this way and I'm gonna protect my girls and and so, there was no contact but a punch was thrown by a new lady she also has some physical disabilities, so she was like as soon as she went to throw the punch like she got off balance she fell down laughter was was had which <laughs> probably I mean that definitely didn't help the situation but I mean it was funny looking you gotta try to find humor where you can. So yeah, there was there was a yelling match and, and almost a fight that broke out in my office today. Fun times. Fun times. And I, I had almost completely forgot about it because that's usually not something that's like wild enough to register with me because of what I do for a living.
1: I mean that's like low on the bar, huh?
0: Yep. Yep. But it it, it was a little exciting. So anyways, speaking of things that are a little exciting, and uh, that's 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 underselling that's, that. That that's rude. That is rude. Let's go do our game club for this month, Rage. Uh, game club. I think it's my turn to introduce this, and if it's not, I'm I'm just doing it anyways. Game club is a time that Rage and I set aside to play games at the same time, sometimes to- together depending on what they are, but it, it guarantees that we're going to play the same game at the same time and talk about it together and you as the listener have the opportunity to opportunity to participate as well and sometimes we do well it's been a while since we've had audience participation on one of these games hint hint death stranding coming up big one yeah. good uh good to get involved in but anyways um for july we played professor layton and the curious village a ds release a nintendo ds in i believe 2007
1: yeah I, hang on let me yeah, t- uh, February two thousand and seven. Yeah,
0: which some brief research on my part reveals it to be the first game in the series, but the f- fourth game in the timeline, or maybe it's the third yeah, game so, in the timeline. Uh,
1: basically, from what I understand, they released three, uh, essentially a trilogy, then had a prequel trilogy. Uh, because uh, the game kind of picks up like in the middle of you know uh, everything's already established so there's no real context of a beginning. It's just, like, the adventure's continuing, right?
0: Yeah. Which, honestly, I kind of like. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Professor Layton and the Curious Village is a... It calls itself a puzzle-adventure video game, but I think it should be puzzle, comma, adventure game. Like, it's kind of both of them.
1: Yeah, I kind of throw it into the visual novel uh, uh at... area as well. Somewhat. Yeah,
0: that, that makes sense because the puzzles, they do kind of tie into the story but for the most part, at least in my experience,
1: the way that I feel about them, they're really disjointed. Um, yeah, there's a few that make more sense in context but a lot of times it's well, there's a hidden puzzle here and you know, it doesn't really make sense in the context of where you're finding it yeah some like
0: you're, you're you'll be going along and someone will talk to you and they'll be like i like puzzles let me test you with a puzzle and so you do a puzzle or you'll go along and and the professor will be like mm, i'm having a flashback and you'll do a puzzle
1: oh, well, was he a vietnam veteran <laughs> yeah <he> sounds, that's <laughs> hey, i'm ex- uh,
0: i'm hardcore uh, paraphrasing that but
1: how, how many charlie's is in the trees
0: But, you know, he has these kind of recollections and they come out as being puzzles of some kind. Some of them, you know, some of them, like the very first puzzle that you do to kind of introduce you to the mechanics is you look at the map of the town that you're supposed to be going to and you have to circle the town that you're going to. So some of them are connected more in context, but yeah, there's another
1: one about halfway through the game where uh, the bartender uh, is having an issue of uh, splitting uh, water equally between three glasses. The classic... Yeah. Classic puzzle.
0: hmm um, But anyways... So... Yeah. It's interesting. In a lot of games... I mean, I'm just diving in. Screw it. In a lot of games, I would say that this doesn't work because they're so disjointed. But there's something about the charm of this game that does make it pay off. I mean, Professor Layton is a sort of world-renowned um he's a lot of things he's a lot of things sort of a a professor archaeologist he's has like a lot of physical skills and prowess he's extremely intelligent and i think he's i don't think he's actually the protagonist of the game though if that makes sense i think the protagonist is actually the assistant um
1: Uh, the watson character Luke. luke
0: yeah luke i think luke is supposed to be our our perspective because mm-hmm. the game does feel, at times, an awful lot
1: like your Luke. and I would say that doesn't quite work for a sequence towards the end of the game where Luke is no longer in the picture, essentially. Ah. Uh, there's a se- there's a sequence where Luke is gone and it sticks with Professor Lighton.
0: Perhaps they're like a sort of a dual protagonist kind of thing. I did find myself a lot of times identifying more with Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, the puzzles are... Some of them are difficult. I found most of them to be either easy or to be quickly able to be solved. You know, I had to think about it, but a solution was available.
1: Uh, there's some uh, towards the latter third of the game that you didn't play. That it's more. It feels more like a gotcha moment of doing upsup- assumptions on reading the uh, uh, reading how the text goes. Yeah. Uh, a good example of this is, uh, did you do the dice one of rolling threes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, playing like that, you know? Because if you make the exception of how many, th- uh, at what's the odds of getting four threes instead of what's the odds of getting a three next roll, right? Yeah. Which feels a little cheap. And I honestly enjoyed the puzzles more whenever I was able to just sit down there, sit sit and just mess with it. Like the sliding puzzles, that sort of thing. Yeah. Over, you know, just sitting and staring at the screen trying to puzzle it out, you know? Yeah. I I like
0: the sliding puzzles. I liked a lot of the ones that I did that involved math. That are, you know, you're having to kind of think through a problem and... and Mm -hmm sort of solve it using math in kind of a different way, using like a little piece of language to be like, oh, actually I should add this instead of that, or Yeah, subtract- and
1: the game does have a hint system built into it. Uh, it. You find throughout the world by tapping around hint coins that you could pay to get at first an obtuse hint, then a more direct hint, then a very direct hint, but it's rarely, you know, this is the answer. Which yeah. is uh, a, you know, a, a nicer way to do it than some puzzle games will do. You know, the third uh, you know, hint will be, like, if not give you the answer outright, pr- uh, practically give you the answer. This one, it's, you know, it's more like you know, nudge, uh, slight steer, w- then steers you in the right direction.
0: Actually, I, I have to, real quick, you, played, you have a 3DS, right? So you played this yeah. on 3DS? Yeah, I played it actual console. I played this using the Citra emulator on Windows. I did not have any issues. Um, I used Citra to play uh, Pokemon the po- Pokemon? Po- the Pokemans that we did.
1: The, the Pokemon Sunny.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and I had no no issues with it.
1: Yeah, I played it on actual hardware, uh, just like the Pokemans. Uh, occasionally, uh, writing recognition was it, would, uh, be a little confused at what I was trying to write out. Uh, particularly uh, a lower, if it was wanting a lowercase a, it kept uh, it would do anything but a for a while. Yeah, but we're also looking at you know, yeah, you know, uh, two thousand seven writing recognition. So, All right? Yeah the the story. Okay, we we've
0: kind of jumped around a little bit. We don't necessarily always do these like perfectly, like from point to point. Yeah, we because- just kind of.
1: Yeah, we got to get into the mechanics of it first.
0: Yeah. The story of of Professor Layton and the Curious Village is, like you said, you kind of jump in into the middle of it. Um, the Professor and Luke are headed to a little village um, where that they are trying to solve the puzzle, or try to solve the puzzle, solve um, a- a- essentially this riddle uh, to get a treasure there there was a, a fellow who died and he left in his will that his fortune was going to go to whoever could solve um his his riddle solve the puzzle
1: uh, find the of, golden uh, apple
0: yes of the golden apple um and so professor Layton has been invited to try to do that um and you get kind of a little breakdown between the professor and Luke about what's going on and why you're going there and like you said it's like these characters like know each other they're established. You just kind of jump in and go on this adventure with them. Um, I was surprised by a couple of things um, f- voice acting, not full it, voice acting. There's plenty of text that you just read in the game, but there are fully voiced, fully rendered cutscenes, which yeah, I was uh, impressed animated,
1: by. Uh, which are actually, at least on hardware, pretty good looking.
0: Yeah, they look great on PC, because the emulator lets you sharpen up the images and apply mm-hmm. some additional um, effects to them.
1: They looked really good. Well, there's also an HD remaster on phones, so there, you, there would be even uh, probably better looking there. Yeah.
0: And so you, you go to this village, you meet with the family, and you begin solving the, the riddle, solving the mystery. Um, yeah. There is a murder that happens, like, almost immediately. <laughs> you, well, you start by chasing a cat, and then there's a murder that happens, like, almost immediately. And you're quickly suspected, but then let go. And the, it jumps around a lot in a mm-hmm. way that at first doesn't make sense, but as the game progresses, it does. There's a little bit of a plot uh, with a rival, Professor Layton's rival, that honestly kind of comes out of nowhere, like his well, well, reveal.
1: Well, that's the thing, is that even to Professor Layton, it comes out of nowhere. It's like, who are you?
0: Yeah. Um, but a lot of the events that have taken place uh, leading up to this point have been perpetuated by the the rival Don Juan. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, you were the mastermind behind this. But then there's another reveal. I don't know if you want to spoil that or not, because it does, like, uh, up in the entire story. I'm aware of it. I didn't get that far. You, I mean, I, it's up
1: to you if you want to reveal it or not. Nah, let's keep it secret, in case someone does want to go play it. Yeah, because at, at the end of the story, Professor Layton does say, "Yeah, we'll have to keep this story uh, to ourselves. Right. Um, <laughs> But this... I, I
0: also saw that apparently there's a little bit of branching paths... It comes down to the same ending, but apparently there's mm. some branching paths. Um,
1: but See, I didn't know that one. I'm not <laughs> sure uh, just how much it branches. I do know <laughs> that I nearly missed a puzzle because I had uh, messed around in the park area. So whenever I eventually went to the Ferris wheel, it immediately played the cutscene instead of letting me look around. Yeah, well, the you can get puzzles though after the fact. Uh, I know they, there, there's a uh, cottage, but also uh, that particular puzzle, it, uh, I the trigger for it's still there. It's just in the rebel. Yeah, gameplay mechanics wise
0: as well. There are more puzzles than you need to be able to actually progress. So if you do get stumped, you can skip something. Um, and not worry too much about it, mm-hmm. unless you're going for a, a, a 100% completion um, kind of thing. You can skip puzzles and it would be okay, because you'll you essentially you'll come up against checkpoints. You'll meet somebody, and they'll be like, "Ah, you need to have gotten 10 completed 10 puzzles." What are the shoot? What's the scoring thing
1: called? Uh, Pickrits? Pick?
0: Yeah. Which essentially, if you complete a puzzle on the first try, you get full marks. As far as I can tell.
1: And the more difficult the puzzle, the more you get. Yeah. But
0: I don't I don't know how much more to say. Like, it's very interesting. Like, I really enjoyed this game. I want to actually go
1: back. That's very charming.
0: It's extremely charming. The art style is very cute and endearing. The soundtrack, it surprised me with how much depth there was to it Mm -hmm. and how much thought has gone into the audio design of the game. There are these eerie um, like the, the the audio design and the visuals really like give you this impression that like while this town is supposed to be kind of cute, it's also off in a way, and that's that's kind of the big reveal when you find out why the town is off. You're like, oh, interesting, and it kind of reframes. Um, yeah, then
1: then some things make more sense, huh?
0: Yeah. Um. So the the sound design is good. The soundtrack is good. The visual design is very cute. I like all of the characters. Well, I don't know if I like all of the characters, but it, at least the, the <laughs> professor and Luke are extremely endearing core and likable. Yeah, the core characters. Um, but at the same time, I think because of the nature of the game, the story in and of itself is fairly simple, and that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, but, you know, this isn't, like, super-duper in-depth, like, Oscar-winning material, but it's a solid, simple story, um, but that means that it's kinda hard to talk about. And then the gameplay mechanics are interesting. The puzzles are are interesting. Most of them are a lot of fun. But because of that nature, I don't really know how to
1: talk about them a whole lot more. Yeah, because they're okay. You know, counting the extra challenges that you'll get for well, there's also the mini game, or the like the side thing activities as well. But completing those unlocks bonus puzzles, which there's 135 puzzles total without getting into downloadable content, which I'm not even sure it's active anymore. Uh, and with a few exceptions of, like, series, is, uh, they're all fairly unique. Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, you know, like, there's a set of uh, five uh, chest puzzles where it's... Uh, Placing queens on the uh, on a chessboard, And there's different variations of that. Uh, with each one getting more difficult. Uh, there's a few sliding puzzles. But then you get you know, stuff like. Uh, uh, triangles and in ink. Where you uh, have two shapes. One larger and one smaller. Each one made up of uh, little triangles. Uh, dipping your fountain pen into the uh, ink one time. Gives you just enough ink to draw four triangles. As depicted by the shape of the left. Uh, So, with that in mind, how many times do you have to dip your pen in the ink in order to draw the shape on the right that's made of 36 triangles? And uh, trying to figure that out from the visual, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's no way to really talk about each individual puzzle, because, right? Yeah. Uh, My favorite puzzles were the ones I was able to sit and just mess around with instead of just sit there and think with. You know, like the sliding puzzles, the ball puzzles, that sort of thing. mm mm-hmm. Uh I enjoyed mazes when they popped up, but they uh, seemed to be, you know, few and far between. Uh, going up the tower, there was a uh, a magic square that was actually a lot of fun. Once, yeah, you know, uh, get to the second hint uh, to give you what kind of blew it open. A uh, magic square is a uh, 3x3 block that uh, all the numbers in it, in uh, uh, the three numbers in any direction, uh, add up to the same number. And this magic square was uh, one to nine, so uh, any direction that you went in, uh, the uh, the three numbers would add up to the same number. But yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I really enjoyed my time with it, and I do tend to go to the next one in the series. If not in game club, then on my own. Yeah, Uh, there's six in, or sorry, seven in the main uh, series. And then there's a crossover one with Ace Attorney.
0: Yeah. Ace Attorney is a series that we maybe should look at for Game Club as well in the future.
1: Yeah, which I've always wanted to
0: play Ace Attorney, and I never have.
1: Which I have uh, the first three loaded on my 3DS.
0: But yeah, I do want to finish this game. I want to play more in this series. I also want to sit down and play this game with my kid. I feel like this would be a good game for us to play together. Because I feel like the puzzles, most of them can be solved by someone who's younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I, you I, could
1: at least sit down and work it on it yeah, enough. Yeah, like I'm and, and not, not saying... not frustrated, right?
0: Yeah, this game is not specifically, quote unquote, a kid's game. But it has a lot of charm that certainly would appeal, I think, to kids in the, you know, 9 to... Twelve, thirteen demographic kind of especially I could be wrong but I feel like my son would like this but I played it mostly during when he, uh, my vacation which was when he was gone to visit my in-laws um, he spent a week and a half two weeks with them in Colorado so I would like to go back and play this with him and
1: I might do that I might just um, looks like there's actually an anime as well which would be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Professor Layton,
0: it's it's good. It's very good. I'm very pleased with it. It's mm-hmm. very... I feel very solidly in, like, A- territory on this game.
1: Uh, and that's mostly due to... Uh, for me, I, I kind of agree with you on the rating. I think it's more... Side activities feel very tacked on. I mean, it's also the first one of the series. So, you know... Uh, Doing puzzles for a particular people—that's not really story relevant—will sometimes grant you an extra thing. There's uh, furniture for the inn that you're staying at to uh, uh, outfit your rooms because they're pretty much barren because, well, story reasons. Yeah. Um. And if you uh, successfully get all the furniture and, re- and arrange it so that. Both uh, Professor Layton and Luke are happy. It unlocks bonus puzzles in the main menu. Uh, another one is, as you do puzzles throughout the game, you get uh, uh, strange gizmos that come together to build a robotic dog that unlocks puzzles in the main screen. Another one is, if you uh, go around, do puzzles, Let's see how this uh, feels like it's padding now? Yeah. Uh you uh, get pieces of a painting that's essentially a glorified jigsaw puzzle, uh, which, uh, upon completion, gives you more puzzles on the bonus on the main screen and the bonus section. About Do the only puzzles
0: thing to get a puzzle,
1: yeah. About the only thing that's not a bonus that you unlock by doing puzzles is, and I had to look it up because it was bugging me. Otherwise, um, in the next game in the series there's a point that you could get a password to go back to Professor Layton and the Curious Village to see concept art. Because at the end of this game, they tease already the next one, right? Yeah. Which I imagine, it would have had to been a pretty hard flop to really kill the series at, in just one go, because I don't imagine this be a very costly game to put together. Outside of you know, hiring a puzzle master to build things, right? And a- animation team for the cutscenes, but right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't imagine it being costly either. But on, I mean, who knows? You never know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it's two thumbs up. I I like it. I want to finish it. I want to play with my kid. I, mean, I could even get Katie to sit down and play this with a with me. Make it a make it a mm-hmm. family activity.
1: Because she she likes stuff like this a lot of times. I think Anita will get uh, frustrated with it. Because there's just times that it's a little obtuse What, what once uh, of you. Unless you're uh, reading very carefully on the directions.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just uh, looking at, this is the same uh, game developer that did uh, Inokuni, so, right?
0: Yeah. That's a gorgeous game. I, Inokuni's.
1: Good. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. I still need to go back and finish that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, is there really anything else to say? I don't Other think than, so. Uh, I mean, we then been uh, looking forward to the, possibly the next adventure.
0: Yeah. We both said A-, and mm-hmm. uh, two thumbs up recommend from both of us, I, I
1: yeah. gather. Maybe we'll see uh, the diabolical box sooner rather than later. Diabolical. Well, that's the... Uh, well, okay, here's the thing. is that uh, the next two games of the series... Uh, does the North American-European title uh, shenanigans. So it's Professor Layton and the Diabolical Box, or Professor, uh, Professor Layton and Pandora's Box. Because, right? Then yes, Professor which, one Layton, is, which one is uh, the American name? American is Diabolical. Okay. Uh, then Professor Layton and Lost Future, or for us, Professor Layton and the Unwound Future. And least okay. all released within, uh, just like a three and a half years. Then they had the prequel trilogy, then the spinoff, which is on Android. Uh, I, then the crossover, which is Professor Layton versus Phoenix Strike Ace Attorney, and the new one. Uh, uh well, the newest one is Layton's Mystery Journey. Uh. Catrull and the Millionaire's Conspiracy, and professor in the new world of Steam, which is coming out before too long. Uh, it's to be announced still, so...
0: do see these games on PC. I don't know if they'll ever do it. Nintendo
1: no, but does they <laughs> not
0: release games on PC, but is this studio like
1: a Nintendo-owned studio? Uh, no, it's not, but... I imagine they get, probably have incentive to not... It's developed by level five.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So like so like I said, Dino Cooney, uh, Dark Cloud series. Uh some of the Dragon Quest games. And some of the Dragon Quest games are on PC. Yeah, but then you get stuff like Time Travelers, which is not. Um Oh, here's one that I've been playing with theirs. that's actually a lot of fun that I might throw into Game Club. Uh how does uh, Mecha uh, RPG uh, take all your fancy? I I'd like a Mecha RPG. I'm listening. List Saturday morning anime style Mecha uh, RPG,
0: Interesting.
1: where where it's kids with overly serious ambition about toys, and the toys are little mechas that run around. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. I, I, it, yeah, that's going to be on the Game Club list. It's called Little Battler's Experience. I want you to go look at this game. Uh, one is for the 3DS. I, I think you'll uh, absolutely either love it or loathe it.
0: Little Battler's Experience?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, LBX, Little Battler's Experience. And the only reason why I bring it up is that it's also put out by Level Five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh-uh. <laughs> right. I'm I'm interested, and it has that like late '90s, early 2000s, like anime that's uh, built solely to uh, sell uh, the toy vibe about it of you know being of uh, kids uh, overly excited about a toy, and the entire world has, like, yeah, this obsession with it, obsession with it, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here for that. <laughs> it looks very, very cute. Very good. I'm into Yeah, we it.
1: have some interesting stuff, possibly, for emulation. A lot of yeah. it from level five. Also, speaking of
0: emulation, you know, like I'm saying, like, it'd be good if they came to PC, like, officially, but... You know, I I can i I have emulation, so I can play anything I want on PC.
1: Well, to an extent, because right.
0: Well, yeah, but almost anything I want on PC. Many things on PC. I would say most things.
1: Yo, everything. Yeah. Uh, Raise the Jolly Roger. That's the uh, game club for this uh, uh, month. So now on to one that. I haven't gotten a chance to play yet because I've been distracted by other things. What about you?
0: Yeah, I haven't played it yet either. So (laughs) I love Uh, how we were like, yeah, we'll take we'll we'll announce it a couple months in advance. We'll start playing it. Neither of us did. (laughs) Death Stranding. Um, First experience for me for Kojima. Not my first Kojima game, but my
1: it'll it's been a while since I played a Kojima game. So this is probably going to be more first impressions than anything, but to be perfectly honest, it most likely was going to be anyway.
0: Yeah, Death Stranding has uh, the potential to be, you know, many dozens to a hundred hours or more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've played several games in the Metal Gear franchise, which I think is what Kojima is probably most known for, at least that I can think of. Um... But he's done some other stuff as well. But you know, I've, I've played quite a few of the Metal Gear games. So that's my, uh, I guess you could say, experience with Kojima.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Metal um, Gear... Oh, sorry. I, well, I was just looking at his uh, game list. and Which I, yeah, I just pulled up as well. Yeah, I mean, like, there... Uh, looks like he also did uh, some consulting work on Super Smash Brothers. For level design. Uh, yeah, let's play that. Zone uh, of the Enders, a, which I've played Zone of the Enders. Yeah, he was a uh, producer on uh, Beatmania, which I could definitely see that. I played a little bit of that. I mean, it, uh, didn't play that Castlevania, but honestly, I've never really played much of Castlevania. So, yeah, I'm in for a wild ride, huh?
0: Yeah. Kojima's, uh, Kojima's a character. Supposedly he's extremely sort of mild mannered in in real life when you run into him i don't know I've never met the man, but i've several of the podcasts that I listen to people have had encounters with him in the wild, and they say he's just very very quiet, very reserved,
1: seems very shy i mean it's nice to see that compared to the other options right yeah, true, true
0: but um, i mean I'd much
1: rather have uh Uh, him be shy than, you offensive asshole.
0: Yeah. Very true. So yeah, uh, Death Stranding for the August Game Club. Long month. Um, I'm hoping to get 25 hours of playtime.
1: Yeah, I need to pull myself away from another game in order to do this. (laughs) Indeed. Another game I assume that we'll be talking about next time. Uh, most likely.
0: Right. Well, moving on to our first news topic though, uh, the ESRB proposes facial age estimation technology for parental consent. Eww.
1: Right? Yeah. Uh, th- 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 this, does not, this does not bode well.
0: No, I don't like this. This feels very off. Um. But at the same time, like, I'm not condoning it, but the world that we live in, the, the modern world... Is full of facial recognition technology. Um, lots of people will use sort of it. It goes by a couple of different names, but essentially, like face identify to log into your phones, mm-hmm. your PC um, uses it. There are lots of systems at workplaces and in airports that utilize facial recognition to allow people admittance. Like this is a step further, um, especially since it's directed. Four children? Two children? I don't quite know which is uh, the exact right terminology to use, but...
1: According to uh, this, it looks like it's uh, directed at children. Yeah. Uh, and according to uh, the Online Children's uh, Privacy Protection Act, uh, the ESRB would also need to have permission to collect personal information for children aged 13 or under. Which would be kind of right where the ESRB needs to do this. Which, yeah. oh, that, that, that's... There's so many problems with this. First of all, the ESRB leaks information like a fucking sieve.
0: Yeah, like a sieve. Not, not I mean, very good at, at how keeping many, your data secure. Okay.
1: How many years did the ESRB leak their E3... <laughs> Contact information. Was it found that it was like ten years worth that was just on an open server?
0: Yeah, it was from if I remember correctly, it was from like the mid 2010s or the early 2010s. And they had been told about it, like they
1: knew that Multiple they were doing times. it,
0: and they didn't fix it.
1: So yeah, the ESRB is not a, doesn't have a good track record of keeping information, and where we're also starting to get yeah you know, ai problems i can just imagine them losing this information and it just becoming a gold mine for ai scraping of <laughs> real faces yeah oh and that and that doesn't even get into the whole issue of them also wanting to put a age limit on giving parental permission which feels really weird <laughs> So, according to this, uh, this is just their perspective, uh, uh, yeah, their ideas. If their estimated age is lower than the threshold, 25 is given in the proposal, the parent would not be allowed to give permission for their child to play the game. Which, also, what the fuck? So,
0: the way that this works for Google, because I've had to set up, you know, we got my kid a phone this summer, I've set up parental controls and stuff. And if you if your child's indicated age is older than thirteen, there are certain aspects of the parental controls that get locked out. And it seems like for anti abuse stuff, like to try to prevent parents from abusing their children by like mm-hmm. super duper hardcore monitoring all of their stuff. If this is some misunderstanding or mis, um miscommunication about what this is for. I could see them having like certain things which like well the parents can't actually see or do or utilize certain aspects without, you know, with Google like if you go follow proper procedures you can still get this information but it usually involves like getting a lawyer. But, you know, if it's something like that that they're just not explaining well or that hasn't been implemented yet as part of this, you know, process, I could kind of see that. Otherwise, it feels very weird. But given that I have some experience with parental control stuff, I can say, okay, well, maybe they're just not doing a good job of explaining some of the same kinds of policies that Google and probably others have when it comes to this sort of thing. But anyway, sorry, I I digress.
1: Yeah, (laughs) uh, this has so many issues. Yeah, I don't like it. But also, this is the world that we live in, for better or for worse. Yeah, it's also kind of funny how... We're at this point of not even be able to grant permission if, you know, you're baby-faced enough, right? Yeah. And I'm just wondering, okay, have they fixed the facial uh, recognition for black people yet? Interesting. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Because like- a lot of these models, they, uh, whenever they build the algorithms to be able to read the faces, uh, they feed a bunch of faces and, you know, let it organically grow in the algorithm. And typically, it's white people. Yeah. Uh, the cadet was famous for not being able to uh, detect black people, which was kind of funny, but also sad. Yeah, and it especially struggles with... I mean, it, it struggles with
0: a lot of different minorities as well, like facial recognition, certain types, struggle with just, in general, non-white people. But black people specifically being... Generally, of such a darker skin tone than white people really throws off a lot of those algorithms.
1: It's a little bit of facial geometry differences.
0: Yeah. Because, you know, a, a brown person, for example, if you're Hispanic or, um, you know, of, of Middle Eastern descent, there are fewer differences. I don't want to sound awful.
1: You yeah, know, because, like, right? in, some,
0: in some dodgy conversation territory here, because I don't want to sound awful, but,
1: yeah. Uh, oh, well, we're, f- we're from red states, but we're not assholes, right? right. Or, at least, or at least try not to be. I mean,
0: you're basically, your AI, your computer model, can only be as good as the data that's given. And because of societal biases, they have been fed a lot of data on white people, and that causes problems with other people groups
1: that's probably the best way to say it Mm -hmm. so now we're also trying to estimate age and right yeah
0: sometimes i feel like that's pretty easy to do too like actually no never mind the example i was going to use because i was gonna say my age would probably be a lot easier to estimate because of like my my facial hair and things like that but like teenagers can have beards I had a beard when I was a teenager. I had a full-ass beard when I was a teenager.
1: Uh, meanwhile, I can't e- even grow a full-ass beard. Yeah. Uh, makes me wonder, okay, so if this goes through, uh, and they are found that they're illegally keeping the data, you know, uh, sending it back to their parent companies, because uh, if we want to get Tinfoil Hattie, you know, uh, this... Is uh, the so, the solution that the ESRB is wanting to use it is owned by a company which has ties to Epic, which you know goes back up the ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, makes you wonder how small the fine's going to be compared to the amount of money that they could sell the data for, right? Oh, teeny tiny, comparably infinitesimal. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of the uh. Cost of running business these days—you get you get a fine that's you know a fraction of a percent uh, versus uh, what you actually made on selling the data.
0: Yeah, and you know <sighs> the f- the fines to, Like to me or mm-hmm. you or any other you know air quotes normal yeah. person, ten thousand dollars an instance would be devastating. But to these companies, ten thousand dollars is a rounding error. Mm-hmm. Probably probably many tens of thousands of dollars is a rounding error. So I guess we'll see. I mean, honestly, this is the future. As much as, as we, it's gross and we don't like it, this is the slow to moderate march of technology. Facial recognition has been a part of our society already for, pretty broadly speaking, for at least a decade in places we don't think about. In places we don't recognize, you know, like, think of the children as always the argument that seems to get the most traction, for better or for worse. But facial recognition has already been an integral part of technology, and in some ways our society, for over a decade now. Mm -hmm. This is just, I think, inevitable. I don't want to sound like defeatist, but... Technology becomes more and more integrated into our lives all the time. The idea of like wearable technology that can report on your physical health, for example, pros and cons to that. That's a huge invasion of privacy, but you know, it can help stop certain negative things, uh, heart attacks, um, potentially strokes, you know, medical care, etc. And it's like you have to weigh those things and choose how much you're going to participate, but society as a whole always trends more progressive. And I think that my kid is not going to think twice about this cuz he's going to grow up in a
1: world where it just is. So sort of like how the microtransactions you and me look at them and it's like, "Ugh." Meanwhile, it's yep, you know, uh yeah, you know, where do I pay, right?
0: Yep, my kid doesn't think twice about it. Oh, I want to pay. I want to buy um, when he was playing Roblox, which he hasn't played in a while, I hope he never does mm-hmm. again, he'd be like, oh yeah, I want to buy an auto-clicker. I'm like, is that what I think it is? And it is. It's exactly what you think it is. It's like why, five why did he want?
1: Why did he want an auto-clicker?
0: Because he's a kid, and auto-clicker makes the number get bigger faster. So, amateur. Know, he's, he's nine.
1: <laughs> I'm trying. It's hard. Have, the kids these days. I have my gaming mouse with a uh... Uh, macro uh, capability I know Amateur. but he, he
0: doesn't know what a macro is like I, I told him he's like can we set one up And I'm like sure it'll take a minute he's like I don't I don't want I don't want to wait I go okay well you're not spending five bucks on this
1: <laughs>
0: and then he just kind of moved on but anyways speaking of moving on <laughs> are you ready to move on
1: uh, yeah I think so
0: Okay, Sony agrees to a 10-year Call of Duty deal with Microsoft.
1: Gee, I wonder why uh, Sony is suddenly uh, suddenly playing ball, right?
0: Yeah. This whole everything has been wild. Recently, there was a a lot of, as part of just this whole uh, investigation process, there has been a, a lot of internal documents on both sides of the equation. Um, that have come out with them saying all kinds of awful stuff that we know that mm-hmm. they do behind the scenes, but of course, they don't ever talk about about how that you know both of these companies recognize their strangleholds on the industry and trying to come up with their own ideas to put the others out of business, and what can they do to further monopolize their little corners, and now, all of a sudden, I mean I, I don 't think this is all of it, but I feel like this is part of it of like, oh yeah, our dirty laundry is getting out. Let's not do that. Let's just get this
1: over with. <laughs> All right? Yeah. It'll be interesting in ten years what happens. Yeah. Uh, assuming Call of Duty is even still yeah, as relevant. Yeah. Ten years
0: is enough time for Sony, if they chose to do this, if they thought ahead um, more than just next financial quarter... To develop a franchise that could compete in the same space that Call of Duty does. Ten years is enough time to do it. Will they? I don't know.
1: I mean, how five years is enough to get uh, you know, the groundwork done? Yeah. But the problem is that that requires a lot more forward thinking. And typically it's, yeah you know, next financial quarter it has to be bigger. Yep. The most forward thinking is uh, figuring out, uh, you know, uh, what bullshit they're going to put on the next console, right? Got to provide constant, um, you know,
0: profit to the shareholders. But yeah, I saw the reveal about the PS PlayStation Six. I know it's not on our list for mm-hmm. this week, but I did see that. Um, um I mean, anything
1: interesting? I know that uh, part of this, uh, uh, there was documents that came out that. Said that they expect the next Switch to be, or the Switch successor to launch uh, late next year.
0: No, I mean, anything interesting? No. It's a sleeker, slightly more powerful console that has a 6 behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might be some killer features or something that we're going to hear about soon, but I, I play PC. I play games on PC. You know, the stuff that consoles do, I've been doing er, like our new exciting technology is like, yeah, that's been in the PC space for a decade. Mm -hmm. But anyways, um, let's see. I'm I'm scrolling through this article to look for something else. Like I I, just, this whole thing in the end, like I'm still, you know, it's possible (laughs) I've missed some documents that confirm this or deny it, but I haven't seen them. So I'm still convinced that this isn't about, about any of this at all. It's not about Activision. It's not about Blizzard. Those are cherries on top of the king uh, cake. Microsoft wants to be in the mobile Mm -hmm. gaming space. They want to you know, the easiest way to gain a foothold is to buy their way in.
1: Uh, So like Elon Musk did.
0: Yes. And you know, Microsoft could screw it up just as bad as Elon Musk did. Uh, I'm I, not
1: sure if Microsoft's that incompetent. I've I was going to say incompetent, but not that incompetent.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I don't think that they would.
1: You it'd, know, be, I, it'd be like my, uh Windows Millennial Edition, like five or six times in a row. Yeah,
0: but I, I'm still 100% convinced that Microsoft wants to be more prominent in the mobile gaming space. I saw a report the other day i guess it's been a week ago that talked about it was sort of an updated list on like how much of the gaming market is made up by which thing you know console pc etc and mobile gaming has continued to grow over the last few years to become an even larger percentage of the gaming industry and i'm like yeah it makes sense everybody or almost everybody has smartphones and most people who have smartphones play some games on them, some kind of games. So
1: maybe Bill Gates just really wants a new Guitar Hero. I like Guitar Hero. I just, I always like Guitar Hero. So I mean, if Bill
0: just... Gates wants a, a new Guitar Hero, I support that decision.
1: So I, I'm, I'm just looking at the list of like IPs that they would own. So Blur Caesar, which I think is the, uh, uh, Old RTS or sorry uh, not sure if RTS or if uh uh the uh or the uh, or the old gambling game. Call of Duty of course, Candy Crush, which is where you're going with this, Crash Bandicoot, Diablo, DJ Hero, Empire Earth, Gabriel Knight, which I'm not too familiar with, Junometry Gen- Wars, Ugh, why do I stumble over that? Guitar Hero, Gun, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Hexen Interstate 76, which, boy, there's one that uh, hasn't been around for a long time, huh? Yeah. Uh, King's Quest, uh, Lore, Bow Mysteries, The Lost Vikings, Overwatch. Uh Gamta Tomora. Pitfall, Police Quest Prototype, Quest for Glory, Singularity, Skylanders. Well, maybe they could bring back Skylanders, right? Yeah. Uh, Soldier of Fortune, Space Quest, Spyro the Dragon, StarCraft, uh, Tenchu, uh, Time Shift, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, True Crime, World of Warcraft, and Zork. Okay, text-based World of Warcraft set in a skate park in the Tony Hawk's universe. What do you think? Sounds amazing. And weird. Uh, I'm there. uh, Spyro the Dragon, Crash Bandicoot, and, uh, I'm blanking, uh, how about a, a random rocker, uh, and a, uh, a puzzle platformer a la, Lost Vikings.
0: That sounds weird and esoteric as hell, but I'd try it. Why not?
1: Or they just bring back Cure the, Heroes of the Storm, which, uh, is just as, uh, likely, right? Yeah. Good old Hots.
0: But yeah, you know, I guess we'll see.
1: We'll we'll keep seeing where this goes
0: as that story develops. But
1: okay, okay, so that's what that is. Uh, I, I had to go back. Uh, Tenchu was a stealth action uh, video game series in the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, what was the other one here that I didn't really recognize? I mean, the True Crime series that was basically, yeah, you know, more serious GTA. Yeah. Uh, there, there's some interesting ones that they could play with if they if assuming that you're not correct on this, which I have no reason to uh you know doubt you on that one.: Yeah, so I still think uh, Bill Gates is sitting there with his little plastic guitar. It's like, "I need more guitar hero."
0: <laughs> instead of more cowbell, more guitar. <laughs> uh,
1: his guitar broke, and uh, do you think he's going to be like a filthy casual by uh, his second hand? You'll buy Activision Blizzard and make him make a new guitar.
0: Right. Ah, the power of having billions of dollars.
1: Uh who, who am I kidding? Bill Gates. Uh he's uh uh on a crusade to wake up mosquitoes.
0: You know, I mean first there's no such thing as a good or ethical billionaire. But like in terms of like what Bill Gates could be doing with his time and his money,
1: he could do worse. I mean, look at Elon Musk. What, Yeah, uh, you know, uh, getting in uh, legal arguments uh, over the letter X. Uh, <laughs> uh, poorly naming its children. Among other things. Uh, so bullying, many uh, other uh, things. Pulling uh, uh, Filipino uh, cave, diver, cave divers calling them pedophiles.
0: That's, that's an old pull at this point. That's from years ago.
1: Yeah, it was kind of the first hint that, you know, the lights are on, but the... <laughs> But there's nobody home.
0: Nobody's home. I don't know if that was the first hint, but I think that was the first public hint. Yeah. Like, if you weren't following who he was and what he was into.
1: Oh, it, it's kind of funny going back to two uh, thousands uh, or 2010 stuff and seeing how everybody was on his dick. Uh, Anita was watching uh, a History Channel uh, engineering thing. Uh it was like t tw- uh twenty nineteen, twenty twenty uh released, I believe. And they were talking about how uh this guy was the Elon Musk of his day. He was a uh you yeah. know uh he uh was building everything, he was getting all the technology together. And I'm just and I'm just sitting there chuckling. <laughs> because, yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk builds uh build shit. He'll throw money at something and tell uh, b- uh uh, Buy people to build it for him and then slap a, a shitty name on it.
0: Yep. There was a time when I thought Elon Musk was better than I think he is now. I was never like all up on his dick about mm-hmm. anything, you know. Like, I never thought he was as good as most people, you yeah. know, in those, those early stands thought he was. But yeah. there was a time when I thought he was a bit better than he actually is. Everything was. We were. We were all so much more innocent pre two thousand <laughs> sixteen, pre Trump
1: era. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I'm convinced that the world ended in uh, twenty twelve. We all just, died, uh, and we're and all we're ended. just slowly slipping down to hell. Yeah, purgatory spinning
0: out from underneath us. I could I could see that. I could buy that.
1: Still makes more uh, sense than some of the shits going on, right? Um anyways. Uh so uh speaking of shit going on. Yeah. Microsoft is <laughs> ending a micro, uh, uh, Xbox Gold.
0: Yep. End of an era in in some ways. I mean the the writing was on the wall for a long time and then they said, I can't remember if it was earlier this year if it was last year. They said that they were going to be ending Xbox Live Gold um and transitioning fully to their Game Pass model and different tiers of Game Pass. Well, like,
1: they have said that games for gold. If you uh, whatever you redeemed, uh, you keep. So, there, or not losing anything there at least. Yeah, which is good. So uh, let's get into the weirdness because it's about to get weird, y'all. So there's four tiers uh, for console-wise. There's three, but the but for complete mistake. There's also the PCT. So the core thing going on. Uh, see why it did there? Yeah. Uh, is that they're replacing uh, Xbox Gold with Game Pass Core, which is a ten dollars a month multiplayer access for Game Pass. All right. The next tier up is eleven dollars, which I think is what it is right now anyway. Uh, Game Pass console version. Then the next, and also there's Xbox Game Pass PC version, which is also ten dollars. So it's the same as the core version. Then there's Ultimate, which is PC Game Pass, console Game Pass, and core together. Now I highlight together because where it gets weird is that Game Pass Core it is online multiplayer access and twenty five games, which we'll get into on. Uh, on a little bit, but Game Pass console does not have all non-multiplayer from everything that I've read, which is weird. Yep, it does
0: have more games. It's got it, they say hundreds of high-quality games on console, which is I believe their entire console Game Pass library. Yeah,
1: um, however yeah, the many console games Game Pass happen- to be yeah, the- console Game Pass library is bigger than the, uh, than the PC one. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Why would you buy the core version if you even think about multiplayer? You
0: mean why would you buy the console version if you even think about multiplayer?
1: Uh, well, like- the, uh, well I, 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 should, yeah, I should say the console version, sorry. Uh, why would you get the console version and not just go immediately to Ultimate? Part of me... Is, The the tinfoil hat in me is... This is uh, them trying to bump up uh, more people to the ultimate pass, even though they have no reason to otherwise. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. The game list for the uh, the core version is actually very good. Uh, I believe it's on this link. All right. So, currently...
0: They've confirmed 19 games, which yeah, are... 19 of the 25. Which are Among Us, Descenders, Sorry. which I've never heard of, Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fable Anniversary, uh, Fallout uh, 4...
1: I've played Descenders; uh, It looked familiar. Uh, it's a downhill BMX racing game. It's actually not bad. Oh, that. okay. Yeah,
0: Fallout 4, Fallout 76, Forza Horizon 4... Gears 5, Grounded, Halo 5, Halo Wars 2, Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice, Human Fall Flat, Inside, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Psychonauts 2, State of Decay 2, and Elder Scrolls Online Tamriel Unlimited. That's what they've con- confirmed so far. Quite a few of those games are really good. Games that we have mm-hmm. played, either individually,
1: uh, some of them on Game Club. Um, yeah, and they've also said that new titles would be added two to three times a year. So, uh, sort of like the Nintendo model of, uh, adding waves of games, yeah. You know, back when Nintendo did that. Yeah. Which is, I, I mean, that's a pretty good list. Um,
0: you know, I, I like having access to more games via the PC game pass, but like, depending on what type of gamer you are, the types of games that you're into, there are a lot of very solid games on that list that can, can give you, you know, hundreds of combined hours of, of gameplay. Um, you know, Fallout 4, uh, Halo 5, Gears 5, Forza
1: Horizon 4. Now the problem comes in, okay, so, Forza Horizon, even though we play it essentially as a single player game, does have multiplayer in it. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Online, right? Yeah. Uh, Psychonauts 2 is uh, solely a single player experience. Or in the Will of the Wisp, single player Inside, I'm pretty sure single player only. Human Fall Flat is highly recommended to play co-op. Hellblade is single player only. Halo Wars and Halo Five obviously have multiplayer components. Grounded is pretty much required to play online. Fallout seventy six, how are they doing that one?
0: Yeah, multiplayer only. Um, although for Core, I mean, since that's the one that gets multiplayer, that's fine. But one would assume that these games are also on the console uh, version. The console version. And, you know, for for some of them, because the console This is what's so baffling. And like I know that you've said this already. Like you mentioned it. But I just I have to express again, it's so baffling to me. I feel like they got these backwards. Core should not include multiplayer. Core should cost like five bucks. It should not include multiplayer. And it should give you the limited run of games, and that's perfect for the person who just wants access to a small variety of games, they happen to like the games that are on the list, and it's more financially viable for them to do this, rather than go out and buy those individual games on their own, and, like, short-term versus long-term, like, yada yada, but we do live in an increasingly online, you know, Mm -hmm. cloud-driven streaming-based world, you know, subscription-based, like, but, I feel like that should be what Core, at, core is. And then the console, you know, PC, PC Game Pass and console Game Pass should be the same. Other than, like, the games, because not all the games are compatible on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, but they should be the same. Whatever their cost is, 10 bucks, 11 bucks, they should be the same and have multiplayer and the large libraries. And then the Ultimate should be, you know, what it is. Ultimate is what it, what it should be, which is just everything. And I agree with you in the tinfoil hat yeah. statement. Like, I feel like this is just them trying to push people who are on console into the ultimate subscription to get everything.
1: I mean, here's the thing is that uh, right now, I'm just double checking myself. Uh, I do believe Game Pass. Oh, no, no, okay, okay. So, yeah, Game Pass Ultimate is the only one that has multiplayer. So. Yeah, they're, they're basically shifting. What do things you mean? Over.
0: Hang on. What do you uh, mean? Game uh, Pass okay.
1: Ultimate is the only one that uh, has multiplayer. Uh, Game Pass for console does not have multiplayer. They're basically rebranding it. So
0: right, but the Game Pass yeah. core does have yeah. multiplayer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was just saying that they're. Uh, it, this is uh, essentially a rebrand. It Does change things. It still feels really weird. Yeah, that they're uh, pushing this. I was uh, I was trying to confirm a couple things on, on here, I should say, uh, about how things are right now. I was seeing if the console Game Pass included game, uh, uh, Xbox game, uh, Gold, but it doesn't. So...
0: Uh... Yeah. This it, Game Pass has, for a long time, been an extremely good deal for the consumer. Mm-hmm. And this feels like Microsoft's first step to pulling that back a little, because they've, yeah. ga- they've gathered... Essentially, they've cornered the market. And so, with no competition, no viable competition, with no regulation to prevent them from doing so, they're now saying, okay, we've got it. We're going to start slowly but surely implementing these changes and reducing you know, the consumer friendliness mm-hmm. of the Game Pass model.
1: I, yeah, but you but know. also on the flip side, if you're an on-Game Pass member, this is essentially taking away Game Share Gold, which uh, from some of the comments I've seen, hasn't been all that great the last, Yep, yeah, for quite a while, I should say. And putting in the more Nintendo model, where you're not giving away a game, it's swapping it around as a subscription option. Yeah, Which um, is not as good as giving away a couple games, but gives an option possibly of more interesting games. So uh, I'm not sure if this is the first step of them going down a dark path for Game Pass. But it's also, it's more confusing because they're bringing the naming a lot closer together.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, so in confusion, that's a tactic that's we've seen time and time again across various industries. You confuse mm. consumers, it makes it more difficult for them to make what is the, you know, better choice for them. Yeah. And they just say, well, I guess I'll just get the one that's supposed to have everything.
1: That um, happens. Uh, that, uh, yeah, that's especially been going on. If, yeah, especially if, you know, you enjoy uh, you know, a few multiplayer games that looks good on Game Pass that. It's not in the core experience. If you want to play the newest for Arts of Horizon, well you can't do that in the core version. It only has four there. Does it have five? Right?
0: Yeah. But five is a multiplayer game.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean
0: technically, yeah, you can play it quote unquote offline, but it is a multiplayer game. So then what? Does that mean you actually can play it? Do you have to have game pass ultimate or both? Well, I guess I'll just get game pass ultimate because then yeah. I can get the game that I want. and Not have to think about it. I mean we've seen this for forever with mm-hmm. um game publishers cuz you know there will be 10 editions of a game and it's okay. like, "Well, I'll I'll buy the <laughs> ultimate edition." But then the ultimate edition doesn't actually have everything. It's like, "Well, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be the ultimate edition." Like, all right. That's that's this is in that territory. So, yeah. Thankfully, PC Game Pass isn't changing. Yeah, can at least take a, a yeah yeah it can at least take a smidgen of comfort in that, but I'm I mean I'm not burying my head in the sand. But the thing is is it's like Microsoft doesn't really have any competition in this market space.
1: I mean, what's the competition right now? Uh, uh, let's take streaming off the table, so Luma isn't there, or Luna. Sorry, um, there's EA, which is. Yeah, which I is, mean, uh, it, which is part of PC Game Pass anyway, right? Or but EA,
0: the... EA does have its own separate program though that you can yeah. sign up for. So yeah, does has, Ubisoft.
1: I, yeah, which, well, why would you need a subscription service to play more than one Ubisoft game? They're all the same.
0: <laughs> hey. Yep, you just pick the one that's the skin that you want. Do you want the modern one? Do you want the past one? Do you want the the, the sci-fi one?
1: What? Well, which? But, uh, okay, that's a little facetious. Uh, because they do have the pirate one that's not exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, but they also had the, uh, uh, was it the God of Ward ripoff that, uh, actually did fairly decently, but not decently enough because it's Ubisoft, right? Yeah. Because they just canceled the sequel to, uh, I, I have to bring the name up. Otherwise I'm gonna, because we were talking about Phoenix Wright It's going to mess with me, (laughs) alright? Yeah. Uh, Phoenix Rising. Uh, They killed the uh, sequel to that just today, so... Immortals Phoenix Rising, which uh, is a terrible name, but it was kind of forced on them because of copyright. But
0: Sony has its own game subscription service, but it's PlayStation only. They don't have a PC Mm -hmm. version. Nintendo has got their own that you know we we you've mentioned earlier the, that is nowhere near as good as Game Pass.
1: Yeah, and Nintendo ha- Nintendo is a weird one. It has two, and then
0: uh, is it? There's one other streaming service, or not streaming? There's one other game subscription type service that I'm drawing a blank on. I think NVIDIA does it, because you can get the S.H.I.E.L.D. tablet, and it came with it, and it had a streaming component, and I think they added a Game Pass type of thing, where that you get games that you can download to, the, to the, the tablet. I mean, I say tablet, it is like a tablet-style console. I mean, technically,
1: Prom Gaming is also there. Yeah. Which is not the Luna, that's something different. But the the thing is is like it,
0: we're you know for most of these we're splitting hairs in some way. And mm-hmm. then the only two that I think of as like air quotes real competition is Sony's PlayStation subscription service that I cannot remember what it's called and Nintendo's
1: uh, uh PlayStation Plus PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and and for Nintendo, it's what brand because Nintendo has two of them. They have One which is tied into their online service, much like the uh, uh, Xbox Game Pass Core. Then they have the Expansion Pass, which gives uh, Nintendo 64, Sega Genesis, and Game Boy Advance games.
0: Ooh, uh... So, yeah. Uh,
1: I'm just looking to see if there's any other ones. Uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now, which you mentioned. There, there doesn't seem to be that many yet, which honestly kind of surprises me with uh, some of the pub- or big publishers not pushing them out.
0: Google has one with their, yeah. f- their uh, family. I wasn't,
1: I wasn't counting mobile. Oh, okay. I, 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 I was, when I'm talking about game services, I'm only including game services that have good games.
0: Some of the ones that are included in the Google Google... Family, whatever, whatever it's called. Or not Google too bad. Google Play Pass. Google Play Pass, thank you. Uh, I mean, Mini Metro was on there. That's a good game. Mm-hmm.
1: I was They're being pro- facetious, because uh, Google's been pushing their uh, PC gaming uh, side now, which I guess technically that would make uh, Play Pass a, a PC gaming thing. But they've been pushing it with, like, you know, uh, Kingdom Rush. <laughs> Which is not a very good game to play on a pc, yeah and uh I p- uh, pushing like cookie clicker and yeah, just like yeah, the uh play central mobile gaming experiences that's doesn't feel very PC focused, you know
0: yeah so yeah, I, there's not really any real competition in this space
1: to Microsoft. Hey, we could have played Professor Layton in the Curious Village in HD on uh, Google Play Pass. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll buy it on because I don't, I don't have Play Pass. I did at one point. I tried it out, but I don't play enough mobile games to justify a monthly subscription. But I'd pre- play Professor Layton on there.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking through. It's like at uh, uh, there uh wired has the best uh Google Play Pass games and yeah you know, there's stuff like Star-RD Valley on there but yeah you know, it's uh why would i play the play pass version on PC when i could get the PC version All right right but if you don't play
0: games on PC then you know that's an option but anyways yeah there's no there's no real competition in this space sony probably gets the closest just with PlayStation Plus but even that is not.
1: If they ever bring it to what. PC,
0: cowards.
1: Yeah, cowards, bitches, pussies. <laughs> I'd love to see uh, Sony and uh, Microsoft fight over uh, who gets the PC market and a uh, subscription service. Yep, I would.
0: I would subscribe to a Sony games subscription service on PC. There of are several. Of course, they have to port s- games because I'm not going to do streaming on it. Yeah. There are there are a lot of of games though that I would like to play that Sony makes that are
1: exclusives. Yeah, let's see. Uh, see if there's. Oh, uh, Sony actually has a list. Hey, uh, uh, all uh, the Assassin's Creed games that you want, right? Yay! But you know, I
0: can emulate a lot of games, but mm-hmm. not all of them. An emulation past the PS2 is spotty for on Sony's side. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, I'm just kind of flipping around. All right, here you go, Paw Patrol Mighty Pups.
0: <laughs> there, there we go. All right, let's let's move on. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about this. It's confusing. It does not sh- bode well for the future. Mm-hmm. But we kind of always suspected Microsoft would do this at some point, and it seems like we might be hitting that point. Mm-hmm. So. All right, we have got a pair of community corner topics. Um, we got a couple more things submitted. You can hear us talk about those in the Franken content, actually, because they weren't quite gaming relevant enough to make the main show.
1: Or, um, also, one or of them that we, we wouldn't have enough to really talk about.
0: Yeah. So. Um, but we do for, appreciate it. We do appreciate it. So for our first community corner. Oh, this is for me. Bear sex scene sends Baldur's Gate three up the Steam charts. I don't know how much I have to say from this, other than like I'm
1: immediately more interested in Baldur's I, Gate than I was. And and when we say bear sex scene, we mean um, barely. Yeah, bear,
0: not bear as in B A R E. Bear is in B
1: E A R. A big and, and, and not as. Jared would uh, be able to self-describe as Harry, open uh, dude. What?
0: Yeah. So I mean, Bald- Baldur's Gate is um the the OG D and D video game. Um, the, that's the easiest way to explain the Baldur's Gate series. And so there is a um, let's see what is it? What is the scene? If I remember correctly, because I haven't looked this up since I first heard about it, there is a druid who
1: has... It has shapeshifted into a bear. uh Uh-huh. And and the guy is about to fuck it. Yep.
0: So, Baldur's Gate has shot up in my estimation. (laughs)
1: Listen.
0: I don't know why I'm saying saying it that way, but, like, listen. Game developers, especially those in the double and triple-A space, We're all, maybe not all of us, most of us are horny degenerates. (laughs) And if you give us stuff like this, we will buy it. Have you been on Twitter recently, developers? Have you been (laughs) anywhere on the internet? Uh, Have you seen seen the excretions? Yes. And seen the excretions. So many excretions. Like... You put more of this in your game. We want it. We want to pay for it. And
1: also, it's pushing boundaries, too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How many... uh, uh, Okay, discounting weird Japanese visual novels. How many games uh, can you uh, fuck a bear, right? None that I'm aware of, other than this now. Yeah, and I love that I also had to give the... Caveat of discounting visual novels because you know that there's a you know, like some sort of uh, weird uh, uh, sex uh, 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 visual novel in Japan that was like, bear fucker, if you uh, translate the title.
0: (laughs) Oh, but yeah, I I was always gonna buy Baldur's Great Gate 3, but now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll buy it while it's still in early access. You know, I I talked a few months ago about Baldur's Gate 2 and how I had played it previously and enjoyed it, but it's been so long that the game design just has not held up, but Modern, made by Larian, which are the same people who did the Mm -hmm. Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2, among other
1: things, like, I'm there for that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played as much uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 as 1, obviously, but, you know, it's very much in the hardcore CRPG genre that, you know, needs Baldur's Gate, right? That Baldur's yeah. Gate need, I should say. And uh, allowing you to, you know, kind of just go off the rails. Yep. So, I'm all... As long I'm as they all... don't have somebody shouting about cheese. They probably will somewhere.
0: <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm all for, for bear-fucking. You put it in,
1: I will buy it. I'm there, and not just uh uh bear fucking, but gay bear fucking
0: absolutely the best kind, really, gay anything fucking is almost certainly the best kind, <laughs> so.
1: <I'm> so happy
0: <laughs> why can't they be happy but yeah i don't I don't know if I have anything else to say. I'm just happy to see the bear fucking, the gay bear fucking. <laughs>
1: I'm wondering uh, just how much on the right-wing media has gotten uh, absolutely nuts with this. Or are they still too uh, 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 hung up on the that one country song now? I try to defend it. Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, all... I, I, I'm so tired of living in a red state.
0: Me too. Alright. Uh, final, Final topic for the night. Um... Will Ubisoft delete inactive accounts? No. No.
1: No, they won't. Okay, well... Okay, with a caveat. So, this is one of those times that it's really frustrating to deal with games media. Because things move so quickly, and there's not... I I really don't want to get into a whole... Games media is a bunch of hacks. But... There's enough hacks on the big sites that will just grab a story and put it on uh, yeah put it up and it does the circles and it goes around right yeah and sometimes we've been caught in uh, the whirlwind of you know it's go uh, you know, it's everywhere we can't find any other sources because you know everybody's talking about it this one way well, this time around we're late enough in the news cycle that we get the retraction and the uh Uh, clarification, uh, all done in one week. Hopefully. Hopefully. So, it started on Twitter. uh, uh, It was a week ago, so it was still Twitter, about a guy posting about his support email that he got showing that if he doesn't log in within 30 days, his uh, account was going to get deleted. And Ubisoft's customer service kind of bumbling and... Making it sound like yeah, you know, this is a thing for inactive accounts in general. Instead, it's more inactive accounts for that has their games attached to it. It's a a thing that cleans up, uh, you know, essentially empty accounts, which is still not great and kind of frustrating, but not as bad. Yeah, and this thing has made the rounds before. <laughs> A matter of fact, uh, somebody linked going to uh, the uh, on the uh, main thing that was going to the PC Gamer uh, article a link to a another PC Gamer article eight years ago talking about the exact same topic, uh, and the retraction was the same there. Essentially, Ubisoft's uh, customer service is about as Uh, competent as their, uh, you know, game development. Not very! (laughs) They screwed up uh, the wording, and their terms of service is a little vague, and then they have to make a big, uh, you know, statement saying that no, if your your account has games on it, uh, you're not in danger of losing your account. Uh, Those are exempt from any possible cleanup that we may do. But because they don't say that in the first place, you get articles and articles and articles talking about, you know, uh, Ubisoft is going to delete your accounts. You're going to lose your games and get all the, you know, the clickbaity scare tactic headlines. And then everybody will see how uh, you know, shitty Ubisoft is. And don't get me wrong, Ubisoft is a shitty company, but this is not one of those times that, that, that they are shitty. Outside of, you know, Fucking up their customer service, because... Right? Yeah. There's plenty of reasons to hate Ubisoft. This is not one of them. No. And there was... uh, At least the last time this went around... It was essentially a false flag... uh, Or... Well, false flag is probably a strong word for it. But it was uh, media being drummed up... uh, During one of the hostile takeover attempts of Ubisoft... Because you remember those, right? I remember those days. Simpler times! <laughs> <laughs> and I was basically trying to uh, push down Ubisoft's uh, pri- uh, stock price to be able to just, you know, do the hostile takeover. Not sure yeah. if that's part of this this time around, or if that's just, you know, uh, you know, games media not checking with Ubisoft and just rushing out and putting out a story, then seeing, well... Uh PC Gamer put out the story. Gotaku has to put out the story now, or yeah, you know, vice versa. Yeah, once someone breaks call. the story,
0: once someone breaks the story, everyone just cites the original story or they'll just cite mm-hmm. each other. And so it's like, well, they said it, so we're gonna say it. And that's a problem not just in games media. That happens in other media as well, other news topics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happens all the time, constantly in games media.
1: Yeah or have an a article that's citing a Reddit post that is obscure and weird, and then uh, that gets lost in the next uh, uh, writing. Uh, let's say Gotaku breaks a story from uh, Reddit, uh, PC Gamer uh, rewrites the Gotaku story, cuts the source, saying that it's a Gotaku story, then it becomes a Game of Telephone, right? Yeah. And you have to follow the links back, 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 back. So, yeah. I do think that there needs to be more integrity in uh, games uh, journalism. And not, yeah you know, the rush to uh, publish anything.
0: Yeah. I agree. 100%. But I don't think that there's
1: going to be a change on it because, yeah, there's no incentive to.
0: Nope. No incentive, no regulation.
1: hmm No, you've got no carrot, you've got no stick. And there's no real legal precedent about you know, pushing out a story that's categorically false, because, right? Yeah. At least, uh, at least in games media, you know? Uh, there, you know? You get a lot of allegedly you know, uh, sources to say saying, you know, big boy journalism. Big boy journalism. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I get what you mean, but I like that big boy journalism. <laughs> I'm being a, a little facetious,
1: but I've also written for video games. Uh, yeah, I've done stints on smaller websites. Yeah, and I've also seen some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, where some of it is literally uh, twisting. And uh, that's what the least the site I used or you know, used to write for, which is defunct, good like fifteen years now, uh, used to call it would be twisting an article or twisting a review. Which is basically taking the source article and rewriting it uh, to be a fresh article, but it would be yeah, uh, yeah, uh, unique to the site, but it would be essentially the same content. Right. It wasn't the only jobs I did there, but it was yeah, you know, uh, one of the ones that was a lot easier, and they would yeah, you know, pay for a quick uh, turnaround because right, yeah, and this was yeah. You know, uh, mid-2000s, so you can only imagine how it is now, right? Yep. Not saying all game sites do, do this, but I would be shocked if it's not a thing in some of the bigger ones.
0: I feel like most of them do. I guess I can't say all, but I feel like the majority do. And it's very
1: frustrating to want to do writing on it, because, you know, it's you're basically, uh, it feels like you're rewriting someone uh, else's... Uh, uh, work to turn in for your homework yeah i i gotta say right this is t- it's somewhat
0: related but like a serious thing mm-hmm. like ground news i don't know if you've ever heard of them either you rage or the listener they 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 don't sponsor us we're too small for them to give a shit about us but this is a service that i use it's like three bucks a month that you subscribe to an app on a news app on your phone and there are so many useful tools in there. It rates news articles based on media bias. You can track your own biases. You can track your own news sources that you read to, tra- to try to figure out what your own blind spots are. They have independently rated, um essentially like a bullshit scale. That's not what Ooh. it's called, but they've got... um and, and like you can go look at all of their data. I can't recall what it is off the top of my head, but you can go look at all of their data, all of their reviews. They have independent third-party reviews to look at the stuff that they produce and to see, um, or to look at the stuff that they collate and say, like, this is real, this is fake, this is, you know, we're this percentage sure of the legitimacy of these news articles. Here are the problems that is, uh, are visible in the way that this is reported on. So it's a very useful tool for working to combat misinformation and disinformation in the news that you consume. So ground news, like I said, it's three bucks a month. Um, I think you can buy, I don't think you buy a lifetime membership, but you can pay for up to a year at a time, which comes with some additional perks um, and like a price reduction. But three bucks a month gets you all the tools that I just mentioned and unlimited access to their news articles. You can use it in a limited capacity for free, um, but you don't get access to some of the most useful tools of the of of it of the app if you just use it for free. But you can look at news articles, you can see um, what their biases are—more left leaning, right leaning, etc. So
1: sounds intriguing.
0: Yeah. Ground news. Something that I think is worth paying for.
1: But not pre-orders, right?
0: No, not pre-orders. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyways, I think, that, I think that does it
1: for us tonight. Uh, yeah, where can I people send us so. stuff if
0: they, if they want to?
1: If you wish to send us something, you can do so at at gmail.com. Uh, we also do still check wherever the fuck they call it now. I'm not calling it uh, anything but Twitter, though. Yeah. Uh, VGL Podcast over there. Or you wish to drop by the Discord, you can find a link to that over at com, And you can drop stuff in the submission folder over there. Indeed.
0: Um, what about your own personal socials, Rage? Why don't you hit them with them personal socials?
1: Oh, uh, well, I'm capping Rage on Twitter, even though... Well, I did retweet something, so... Hey, I'm, progress right you even did do we, that even though honestly it was a misclick and i was just like ah fuck it i'll leave it uh well i d- also did agree with it so there's that too um you were to contact me, that that's a decent place i assuming that's it, it does the email server still work for uh people that does it pay a bucks a month over on twitter Because I know they've broken so many things, it's hard to tell anymore, right? I genuinely don't
0: know. (laughs) And I don't want to find out, because I want to think that it is broken.
1: I know for a long time, I'm not sure if it's still a thing, that if you contacted Twitter's uh, 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 press uh, uh, group, uh, it just auto-replies a poop emoji. uh, Contact their PR, I should say, and uh, auto-reply to poop emoji, because... Uh for a long time they uh news uh our uh news sources would say Yeah, we attempted to contact Twitter, but uh they fired them all. <laughs> or fired the uh, the PR, so right?
0: Mm. Uh, that's just sad. That's not even like remotely
1: humorous at all. It, it, it's it, was, just a, sad. it, it was a mild chuckle the first time for me. It it, it wasn't Funny, it was a a, but now it's just I'm pretty sure the only people that still work at Twitter are the ones that literally cannot leave. They would lose their work visas.
0: Yep, look at Elon Musk engaging in slave labor in the 21st century, (laughs) indentured servitude. Look at you go, buddy.
1: It is the Republican way. Hey. Anyways, were were those all of your socials? You you talk about Uh, the twitters. Yeah, uh in Steam Caffeine Ridge over there. Sweet.
0: I've been me, Jared. You can find me on Twitter at JMA four seven zero seven until it completely grinds is ground into the dirt, which it feels like it's very close, but for a while longer you can still find me there. You can find me on Steam uh JArthur4707, and you can find me sometimes over at twitch.tv slash runic arts where I run an occasional tabletop game for them. It's been a couple of weeks since we played. A couple, three weeks. Um, we're supposed to play tomorrow night um, Vampire the Masquerade. So if you're interested, go there. But yeah, that's my stuff.
1: Ooh. As I scroll back up and say once again, you could contact us at gmail.com with your letters, whistmills, game-related topics, tweet them to us special podcast, or drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vjpodcast.podbean.com. If you wish to spread the love, you can also find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this madness possible. You can find out more about that over at patreon.com slash And our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kevin McLeod. You can find his work over at computech.com and...
0: As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. See ya. Bye-bye.